Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. So we're starting a new teaching series this, um, this year. It's called Faith, Hope and Love. Because these are three things that the Bible declares will last forever. Faith, hope and love. And, and this morning I'm going to speak out of 1 Corinthians 13. And 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter in the Bible that talks about faith, hope and love. In fact, the very last verse of the chapter talks specifically about faith, hope and love. And you'll probably know that if you've ever been to a wedding before, this is a very popular chapter that gets read at weddings. But I need to tell you, this this isn't a chapter um, designed for weddings. Paul didn't sit down and think, I know... I'm going to get into the wedding market. I've got just the thing up my sleeve. That isn't what he was thinking at all. However, as we read together, as I'm going to read, and you can follow in the Bible or on screen, if you would like to hold hands and just get a little bit weepy as I, as I read, that will be okay. But, uh, but really, it's not obligatory at all. Because Paul writes this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. These three things will last forever. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Amen. 
So we're looking at this scripture ahead of us breaking bread together this morning. And these two things are perfectly compatible with one another. And I've alluded to the fact already that this is a scripture that's often read at weddings. And I once read it at someone's funeral, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the occasion that Paul was writing this letter for. And this is much more than a beautiful piece of prose or, or poetic words. It's always important when we read scripture to read it with its context in mind. And the context here is really specific because Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he's in the section of his letter to the Corinthian church where he's addressing the believers about what should happen when they gather together for worship. That's the context. And so starting at chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, Paul teaches about headship and authority, and then he gives some instructions about the Lord's Supper. In chapter 12, Paul is teaching about spiritual gifts and about the one body with many parts. We're familiar with those words, aren't we? In chapter 14, he teaches about the gifts of tongues and of prophecy. And he finishes with a section which summarises what it will look like when the church gathers together uh, to worship regularly. And in between these chapters, we've got chapter 13, this chapter... And it's not a gooey description of love between a married couple. But it's actually, it's a rather hard-hitting description as to how those within the church should love one another. And particularly within the context of moving in spiritual gifts when the church is gathered. That's the context. That's why Paul is writing this section. So let's look more deeply at what Paul has to say. And here's the first thing that Paul is saying. Paul is saying that only love authenticates believers. Only love authenticates believers. You see, in verses 1 to 3 of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul is really clear. Paul is speaking in the first person, and he says that even if he is the most prolific tongue speaker, not just speaking in tongues, but speaking every language of the earth and of the heavens, Okay, so he's kind of raised the bar quite a lot. But he's not practising love. He's, he's just a loud noise. We might say, you know, he's just a load of hot air. Even if he has not just the gift of prophecy, which is partial, but if he possessed all of knowledge, and if he knew all of God's secret plans, but he's not doing it with a loving attitude... And actually, he says, if I have faith that could move mountains, but I'm still doing that in a loveless way, he would still be nothing. And then he caps it all by saying, if he was to give everything that he had to the poor, even if he sacrificed his own life, he would gain nothing at all. And we could probably expand that a little bit here and say, even if you're a life group leader, or even if you're a deacon or an elder, or even if you have a prophetic gift in the church, but you don't do that in a loving way, then we're nothing. Any perceived status at all, done without love, even generosity, done without love, doesn't count for anything at all. It is love alone that authenticates believers. And then Paul goes on to say 
that love controls the thoughts and the actions of believers. Love controls the thoughts and the actions of believers. You see, for the believer, for the person who knows God as our Father because of what Jesus has done for us, for those of us who are following Jesus, love is not a fuzzy feeling. It's our very nature. Love is not a fuzzy feeling. I mean, love can be a fuzzy feeling. We know that, don't we? But as a believer, love is not a fuzzy feeling because it's our nature. So let me, let me explain why that's the case. So number one, God himself is love. 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Step one, God is love. And just incidentally, if you want to know anything at all about the love of God and the way it should be expressed in the body, go and read 1 John. John doesn't stop talking about how we should love one another. Here's number two. We share his divine nature. So this is what Peter writes in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So God is love, his nature is love, and we share his divine nature. Step three, much more that John writes, because he goes on to say, anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. John, again, just raising the bar. And then he further goes on and encourages. He says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. So this, this isn't a love which is in word only. This is a love that is in word and deed. So God is love. We share the divine nature. And therefore, the expression of that should be there's some action to the way that we love one another. Scripture is describing here that when God is our Father, when we come to him completely based on the fact that Jesus has made a way for us to do that, we will start to bear the family likeness. Yeah? We all know what it is to see a family likeness, don't we? And uh, I should have said when I stood up, because I promised I would, Benj and Kim sent me a message last night to say they're not with us this morning, still getting used to family life with new little baby Hope. But they've sent a picture. And everyone is saying, who does baby Hope look like? Looks like most other little babies. We'll edit this little bit out of the podcast. But, uh, but does the baby look like Kim or does the baby look like Benj? Or probably a combination of the two, I guess so. But everyone wants to know who the baby looks like. If we're children of God, we will be bearing the family likeness. If I was to go to a garden centre, if I was sent by my wife to go to a garden centre, okay, she's giggling in the front row, to go and buy an apple tree, on day one, if I'm going around the garden centre and there's some fairly tiny little things starting to grow, the only way I would know on day one if that thing is an apple tree is because there'd be a big label attached to it saying apple tree, 30 quid, whatever, I don't know. But, but it, it would be, I'd be taking it on trust. The garden centre chap says it's an apple tree. Okay, I'm going to take it home and say I've bought an apple tree. I won't know it's an apple tree 
until it's been planted and it's grown to some kind of maturity and it comes into season and it starts to bear apples, starts to bear fruit, yeah. And if there are apples growing on the tree, it will pretty certainly be an apple tree. If, if we see it come into season, it starts to grow pears, I was desperately misled. But, you know, we know what the tree is by the fruit that it bears. And Paul writes in Galatians, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He gives a list and it begins with love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit at work in our lives produces the fruit of love. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a product of the life of the Holy Spirit and evidence that the Spirit is at work in our lives. So what is this love like? If we've got the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, producing fruit, and this fruit is love, then what is this love like? I don't know who can remember these cartoons that used to be out in the 1970s particularly. I remember lots of them called Love Is. Do you remember those? And there was a man and a lady, usually not wearing very much, doing something cheesy and there'd be a little statement at the bottom saying love is you know it's all a bit gooey we've got our own love is cartoons this morning they're not exactly the same uh, on on the basis that um, on the basis that we can't get them copyrighted but anyway there it is oh and they're also a little bit risque (laughs) that was the other reason (laughs) but here we are this is what love is like love is patient Keep going, Jim. Uh, Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not demanding. Love is not irritable. Note to self. Love is not keeping score. Love is rejoicing whenever it sees the truth win out. Love is not giving up. Love is not losing faith. Love is always hopeful. And love is enduring through every circumstance. Who's looking at those thinking, whoa, that's a pretty high bar. (laughs) Who's looking at that like me thinking, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I do that all the time. And you know, we, we know that all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teachers what is true, and to make us realise what's wrong in our lives. And it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what, uh, what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And therefore, we can use scripture as a plumb line in our lives. Is the way I'm thinking or behaving in any situation in line with what the word says? Or am I getting things here slightly out of line? I might be feeling frustrated 
or grumpy or irritable. And let me tell you, I'm capable of doing all three at the same time. But the word of God says, that's no way for me to behave towards one another. I may feel like giving up. But the word says that's not the right attitude. Love does not give up, but rather is always faithful and hopeful and endures, even when the going gets tough. There used to be this joke, didn't there? When the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Oh, there they are. They've gone. <laughs> but that's not what it means. When the going gets tough, we knuckle down and we make sure that our lives are lining up with a plumb line of God's word. One of my functions within this body of believers, together with Stephen, is to oversee matters in the church so as to ensure that we're building well together. It's really important. And we are charged by scripture to preach the word of God and to encourage people with good teaching. And this is one of those moments where I want to very gently and very lovingly, I hope, and I hope you hear this with gentleness and love, I'm doing my best here, (laughs) very gently and lovingly to say that I believe that we have some work to do in this area of loving one another. You see, we need to be aware that this last season of life has robbed us of some opportunities to demonstrate our love towards one another. And we need to acknowledge that that has happened. And the various rules and restrictions of the last couple of years has tended to kind of push each of us back into our homes where we've hunkered down and looked after ourselves and our families and we can understand that. It's been a bit every man for himself and we can understand why that's happened but we need to understand what has been lost in that because we should be doing something about it. You see, as God's people, we mustn't settle for a way of living that is less than the word instructs us. If the word says, this is what God says to us, we shouldn't say, well, that will do. So when I find myself off-centre with a plumb line of the word of God, then actually it is me that needs to change. It's not the word of God that needs to come into line with me. It's me that needs to come into line with the word of God. And therefore, I want, us to, I want to just read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 10, but read it in a way that is going to really help us to think about these things in the weeks and the months coming forward. And after I've read this, we're going to break bread together. But uh, the writer of the Hebrews says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, it's that line, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. This is a season when we've had to say we can't do that anymore. So what, what can we do instead? We're not going to settle for the lack. It's, okay, we've, there is a lack. We need to do something instead in order to motivate one another to acts of love, in order to demonstrate 
our love for one another in the body and, um, and to encourage and equip one another. I believe that we can do that together, but I believe we need to be intentional in how we do that. That makes sense. So why don't we pray together now? We're then going to break bread and, um, and then return to uh, a short time of worship together. But let's pray these things over ourselves and um, I'm going to lead us. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you that you say your word is true and is there for us for a reason and, and to bring a plumb line to our lives. And we want to um, match up to that with everything that we've got. Father, we want to thank you that, um, that you pour out your Holy Spirit on those who believe in you, those who follow you. And that one of the fruit of being a follower of yours is that we'll see love more and more in our lives as one of the evidences of the presence of your Spirit. And Father, I pray for this body of believers that, that love flows out among us, increasingly so in these days, that we are not settling for the, for the lack of this season, but we are striving for the abundance that you promise and that you say we should line ourselves up with. Father, would you help us? Would you presence us with your Holy Spirit such that we find this an um, easy yoke to bear? Not something that burdens us, but something that brings us great joy. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.